This is the Alarm Entourage. It's great to be back in Texas, which has always been good for the Alarm. We came here in 1983 on the U2 War Tour and came across a local DJ, although to call him a local DJ is unfair because the reach of his radio station was enormous. That man has remained not only an ally of the Alarm for 35 years or more, but is arguably instrumental for making the Alarm successful not just in Texas, but in large parts of North America. And claims to be the first person ever to have played the alarm on the radio. I'm talking about a great ally of ours and a great friend of mine, George Gimark. George, good to see you again, fella. And you are again... (laughs) I'm the former roadie called Gaz Top. I'm talking to the help now. Uh, (laughs) It is brilliant to see you again, mate. It's been a long time. And 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 I must add that it's very strange. I have this weird stuttering start with the alarm that I wasn't really aware of for a long time because when I first met Mike it was it was when he was opening up for U2 and the record had come out when by the time he came to Dallas that EP had been out all of maybe a week mm-hmm. it was barely released this is the eponymous EP exactly yeah. and so Bono who was a friend of mine for a couple of years then was scheduled to come on my radio show, and he was late. He was I found out later he was watching a movie. He was in a theater somewhere, because he could do that. And so they shoved Mike off on me. Hey, this guy, he's opening up. Said, okay, let's find out what he's about. I didn't really know the band. And we it came in, and we just played a track. And it was like, damn, that's pretty good. Tell me more about yourself. And we played the second track. Is Bono here yet? Bono's not here yet. Let's play a third track. We rip our way through alt songs on the EP and we're still talking and we're taking phone calls and then Mike in a commercial break says let me take a break I want to bring something up to you and he brings up a, a reel of Blaze of Glory mm-hmm. which they had been working on yeah, and, they the demo. Had, and they had it in the bus and I can Whoa. tell you the date that that was recorded. It was May the 3rd, <laughs> 1983. So uh, uh, The demo of it. Yeah. He basically says well I don't have anything else to play but I have this and well, let's spin it up. Bono's not here yet. Let's spin it up. And we spun it up, and it got an enormous reaction from people. And then Bono shows up, and I'm saying, guys, you better watch out. These guys are going to eat your lunch, you know. So it was because Bono gave him some room, he got enough oxygen in, in my studio that he made that friendship fast because we spent a half hour, 40 minutes talking to us or getting to know each other. And at that time, he revealed, he said, yeah, I used to be in this band called Seventeen. And I said, Seventeen? Seventeen? Red, white, and black sleeve with a big Seventeen? And Mike kind of looks at me with a big eye saying, yes. And I said, <laughs> I used to play that record when I was in college. He said, oh, no, you didn't. Come forward to 84, the band comes through the second time, I confront them in the studio with the record. And he says, oh, my God, you do have that record. How did that record get from North Wales to Texas? And... We went on and on. Okay, here we come forward another 30-some-odd years. I'm digitizing tapes in my archive, and I find a recording of myself in college in April April 20th of 1980. And I'm back announcing that very record 
And so I'm throwing down the marker that I am not just the first person in America to play the alarm. I'm the first person globally to play the alarm on the radio. That's my claim, and as John Cleese did on Monty Python, and I'm sticking by it. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And okay. I do have it. I do have it. Uh, let's hear it. Go little, on, because you've got little, it on your phone. A little bit from it. Oh, yes, because having it on your phone and playing it through a crap speaker... It, it just, makes the experience so real. It's atmospheric, George. Uh, let me see if I can... Uh... Was that, did you say, 79, 80? That's April 20th of 1980. Right. Well, you know, proof is all about evidence. And you have clear evidence that you were playing it in the Cro-Magnon era of rock and, and roll. And i got to say, I don't know how I got the record. Chances are, I used to send, I would save up, I was in university at the time, I would save up like 100 bucks and send it off to Rough Trade or Dirty Dicks or one of those labels or record stores, indie record stores, and I would say, send me $100 worth of interesting records. And they would send me records they liked, and they would also send records they wanted to get off the bins. Of course. You know, <laughs> and I would get these wondrous packages that would have everything from Jilted John to the Sex Pistols, cool. you know. And and there would and be... And 17. And 17. And that's probably where it came from. That's unbelievable. But the alarm, you know, when, when you first met the alarm, you hadn't made that initial connection between 17 and the alarm. You had a conversation with Bob. Not at all. So your impressions of the alarm were utterly genuine. It was like starting from zero. So what was it about the alarm, apart from the uh, circumstances of having to fill some airtime because Bono was late... <laughs> What was it about the alarm that made you think, actually, I really, really like this? And, and that reaction that you got on the radio, what were people saying? Do you remember? You, you meet a lot of tossers in rock and roll. <laughs> yes, a <sir>. lot! <laughs> Mike was so genuine. Yeah, yeah. And, and he was not at all phased by uh, traveling in the, the sizable wake of U2 and getting out on the boards in that sort of audience didn't phase him at all that was a lot of courage uh and i respected that and he was just a, he was a nice guy yeah. he was just a nice guy he was the only he's the only one i met at the studio and then i met everybody else at you know house. afterwards uh no i think that was the next i think that was 84 i think you're right when we yeah. did thanksgiving yeah. at my house yeah which was an incredible experience where we um yeah not exactly your normal radio thing and we had everybody over the house for Thanksgiving, a curiously American tradition. And uh, we had it at, uh, we staged it uh, significantly enough at Real on the Prairie. Which is the name of your house. <laughs> well, we, we, there was a sign in front that somebody had painted and stuck in our lawn. Uh, so we just wanted to make people feel comfortable. And we served turkey and dressing and all the American things. And then we took a microphone and everybody in the band, including your manager, uh, had, a go, had a go at digging through my sizable collection and pulling out whatever you want, stepping up to the microphone and saying, why do you want to play this record? And then 
and setting it on the stack, and then I pieced it all together for about a three-hour radio show the next weekend, which was absolutely brilliant. And somebody had to play Come On, Feel the Noise. Um, <laughs> I wonder who that was. Uh, I think Eddie wanted to play a Glenn Miller record, and I, right. because of his He's dad. He's more like Glenn Miller. Yeah, 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 and, and, yeah. I, and we played that. And it was, a, it was a really fascinating show because the listeners got to learn a lot about the influences of the band yeah. from what it was they liked and, and the radio show went the radio show went broad and I was kind of like well you want to play Glenn Miller you better tell me why you want me to play Glenn Miller and he had a story and I, I'm pretty sure it was Eddie and uh, there you go so I do have that show digitized I'd love to hear that so, maybe you should know. make it available on this podcast or an element of it oh I can send you the whole the whole dog really? thing I do want to say this I'm well, going to interject one thing and the shocking the shocking uh, uh, this will be the the mid-show shocking truth yes Okay, I've been in radio a little over 40 years now. A little over. Um, I am, I'm about to be inducted into the Texas Radio Hall of Fame. Congratulations. Uh, I have, uh, I'm still on the radio every weekday for 18 hours. Don't ask how. I have never done a podcast until now. You're kidding. Yeah, you were my virginal pop my cherry podcast. Well, Can you buy that? I, I mean, I, it's true. I it's utterly true. It brings it all back home. You know, you uh, broke the alarms, Cherry, in many ways, <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm breaking your cherry too. So here we are. I'm doing my very first podcast. Uh, let's let, let, let's just catch up now because uh, let's see, 83. Where are we? <laughs> uh, 2019 now. That's a ridiculous a amount of time that I know. It doesn't seem like it. No, though. it doesn't. We snap straight back to You've it. You've changed your name, though, but I, yeah. it's a little confusing. But. I'm sorry about that. It was confusing <laughs> for the guys upstairs we met who thought I was the producer of Depeche Mode, that Gareth Jones. I'm not that one. No. I'm this one. But um, you followed the alarm now uh, since, you know, yeah. before the alarm, yeah, since, since they... What I'm trying to say is... I wasn't watching him in the toilets, and I know how that sounds on the radio, but, <laughs> but it's not what it means. I, I think the people listening to the show understand the context okay, of talking good. about the toilets, yes, okay. the band. How have you viewed The Alarm's career? It's been a complex, long, successful story, but have The Alarm been as successful as you and I think they deserve to have been? It depends on it, bands measure success in different ways. I, ha, I had this conversation with the Ramones when you know in about nineteen ninety one. I asked the Ramones, I asked Joey and Johnny, I had them together. I said, "Is this it? Is this as big as you get?" And Joey was like, "Oh no, I think people are just beginning to discover us, and it's going to be onward and upward from here, and it's going to be tremendous." And Johnny said, "No, this is as big as we're ever going to get." And so it was the, the, the chalk and cheese between the brothers. Mm. Sort of, kind of brothers. But the brothers in arms. And yes, they were, that was as big as they ever got. They never had another hit. But Joey was right. The, the Ramones' influence grew and grew and grew. And they changed things. The Alarm has had a similar thing. It can't be measured in mere chart singles or sales or what have you. Because you have not only the music and the fan but I mean Mike knows how to work the fans yeah absolutely knows how to work the fans but I think he works with them we can't discount how Love Hope Strength has changed things because that affects people far more than chart records yeah 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 I mean that is that's a that's a whole different level and to to be able to sell that message with music that is inspirational and to use a word that a lot of younger people don't associate with music, uplifting. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a different thing. Yeah, yeah. And so they are it's unique. a very satisfying it's a very satisfying position to have to be that that endearing and fun and still can rock the shorts off, you know. I don't think Mike has ever had a seen a delineation between the people who come and see the show and what he does. He's a fan. He's a fan of the Ramones. He's a fan of uh, the Clash. He's a fan of the Pistols. And I think he's constantly got that in, in, the fo- in his forebrain, you know. And the way that he treats and relates to people who love the alarm is how he would like to have been related to and treated by his idols. Mm-hmm. And I, I think he's a, he, talk, he sings in songs about breaking down barriers. I don't think he sees barriers to break down. I think he talks about other people's barriers. He doesn't have them, I, I think. So um, I, I, would, I, would, I would rather see a, you know, if it was, you know, the, oh, that one more show with the old lineup. I would rather see a one more show, old lineup, the alarm than the clash any day. <laughs> Absolutely, that might be tricky to achieve with the clash. But no, we no, no. Might but I mean, if alarm. you could, if you could, magically, if you, could, you know, yeah, do yeah, that because yeah. I, I think the alarm have had a more positive and lasting effect than the clash. Wow, I really do. I, I, I always had problems with the clash because I, I found, you know, ooh, gosh, I'm going to really step into, into dangerous territory. I always found their, their politics rather empty, shallow, and, and, and just following slogans that were convenient uh, I never had a meaningful political discussion with Joe Strummer uh, that Bernie Rhodes wasn't standing behind him barking orders and almost a fight breaking out because you know uh, Bernie had a way he wanted things done and Joe wasn't having any of it it was it was it was an ugly thing there was not that genuineness that I get out of the alarm yeah yeah, yeah I, I... and and a, and a positive effect um, you might want to have a conversation with Smiley, the drummer, because Smiley played for Joe Strummer in the post-Clash days. He was in the Mescaleros. He's on, oh, okay. He played the drums on Yalla Yalla, which is my favourite post-Clash Joe Strummer piece of music. I love that. But um, uh, listen, we've got to wrap this up because uh, the alarm are on stage at the moment and I'm supposed to be there just standing by in case things go wrong. Uh, yeah. You're still a guitar tech. I, I'm not technically, but I can't stop myself. <laughs> um, and the other danger is that if they get to the end of the set before we finish this interview, they're going to come crashing into the bus where we're sitting at the moment. Oh. And they're going to need to be able to sit down and cool down. And they can't do that with two sweaty DJs. I here. should run away. <laughs> we should self, run away. Our self-important plat- plat- nattering on. George, it's remarkable to see you again old friend on Monday yeah Monday the 20th of July the 50th anniversary we won't even get into what, what space wags we are yeah yeah you and me both that's another conversation for another podcast another time George Gimmar good to see you brother great to see you Gareth it's 3.30 in the morning and we uh, just did a gig in uh, Oklahoma City in Oklahoma and because we need to find somewhere to park the bandwagon overnight uh, before we get to the next gig which is a very long drive two days away uh, we've parked up at a Walmart because as Adam was explaining Walmart have this uh, so almost legal requirements or something that's written into their ethic which says what do you call it safe what? safe travellers Safe travellers. What does that mean, Adam? You can park here and stay the night and not be messed with. 
Okay. No. So they're not going to kick you out. Yeah. We're more likely to mess with people than they mess with us, really. <laughs> exactly. And Walmart is usually open 24 hours. We don't know if the Walmart that we've turned up in is open 24 hours. But Smiley's had this thing where he says, you've got to come to Walmart at 2 o'clock in the morning, because that's how he talks, right? Uh, it's amazing. Uh, you get it, it's, it's Stuff you see, you wouldn't believe it. So um, one of the things that we promised on the Entourage podcast was that we would uh, show you what it's like to be on tour. And part of being on tour in America is going to Walmart at 2 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> now, Smiley's left the bus, and he's looking to find an entrance to this Walmart that is open. I haven't found it yet. This, this, right. I found an entrance. Is it open, though? Is it? It's open! The door's open! Smiley's in here. Now, Walmart, as you know, is a mega store, bigger than the Pearl headquarters, and full of everything you need, right? I need some soya milk for breakfast so I can have cereal. And uh, where is Smiley? Cheap Nutella, huge volumes of Nutella. Where is Smiley? He could be anywhere. I haven't got my phone with him, it could take ages to find him. Walmart has clothes, it has makeup, it has watermelons next to the makeup. <laughs> Huge volumes of peanut butter. You can have a bath in this peanut. I've just found a peanut butter that is. There must be a, a litre of peanut butter. Where's Smiley? He's, oh, this is the thing that Smiley's most talked about since we've come to America. What's that, Adam? Say what? Smiley's trying. Probably buying clothes. Is that what he does at 2 a.m.? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, let's find out. Hello there. There he is. <laughs> you found him in the clothes. Smiley, come here. He was so excited about this. I think this is how Mike um, gets Smiley to agree to come on the American tour, <laughs> as long as he can come to Walmart at 2 o'clock in the morning. Smiles, you've been so excited about this, haven't you? <laughs> right. Tell me the highlight of Walmart at 3.30 in the morning. 3.30 in the morning. This, Somewhere this in Oklahoma. That's a mecca of, <laughs> of, of American civilization. It is, yeah. It's just, it's just full of just nonsense, <laughs> which you can lose yourself for an hour easy. And, it, and, and it's brilliant. Honestly, I rest my case. Like, you a know, pair of shorts. Pair Adam of has shorts. pulled out a pair of shorts with cactuses on. Yeah, exactly. I, the cactuses are blue, the shorts are yellow. That yes. tells you everything you need that to know. Says, tells you everything you need to know about Adam. <laughs> this, honestly, this is my favourite place. This is my tranquility. This is, this is if, I, if I die and I wake up in, in, in heaven, this is what it's going to be Walmart? Like. Yeah, Walmart with <laughs> Kelly Brooks all around the bikini. <laughs> I'm, I'm off to see the sales. All right, I'm coming with you. Where are the sales? Where's the cheap stuff? Here we go, look, we have underpants. Yeah. Well, if you go for the Andy, A-N-D-I underpants, they're, they're immense. Are they? They're, they're the ones it's, I it's use. It's a brand that you wear. It's a brand I wear. There they are. Look, there you look, go. There's, a, there's an alarm so, fact you weren't so expecting. Look, look, so, 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 honestly, Hang on, that's not Andy, that's Gandhi. No, that, no Andy. Okay. Right. Andy, not, not Randy, as in LeBrow. And one. And one. Oh, is that what it is? And one. God, I've been wearing their pants all this time, and now I've finally realised that I'm... Is it really and one? 
Yeah, it's a basketball term. Oh, man. A basketball term? What does that mean? I don't know. Uh, if you get fouled while making a shot, yeah. you get a free throw. That's called and one. And so there's a pair of underpants named after that. They it makes no sense to me. <laughs> They've got hats. Jules is like this. You may notice that Jules wears oh, a lot of cowboy oh, hats. Can I just say, Jules never comes into Walmart really? late at night. It's like, it's beneath her. I'm just laying that out there, right? <laughs> she's from Pristatin. How can it be beneath she's her? She's in bed. She's boring. Right. <laughs> They've got hats with stars and stripes on them. Cheap underpants. Nine, nine, nine T-shirts for seven forty-nine. That's about £4.30. It, it, That's a bargain. Actually, I want some soya milk for breakfast. Go on, go, go and find yourself some bargains, man. I'm, now okay. I know my pants have been renamed. <laughs> this is, honestly, this is, this is heaven, man. Oh, yeah. Spider-Man underpants. Uh, more Spider-Man underpants. Yeah. I think I may be in the children's department. You know find me, I'll find you. I'm going to go and explore. I wonder if they've got alarm records here. Do they sell records in Walmart, Smiles? They do. Yeah, I think they're playing one of mine, actually. One of my last album, Smiley's Friends and Sixth Sense. Yeah, right. Available still on the merch desk. Sure. Uh, let's go and see if we can find the records. Where's the record department? It's there somewhere, buddy. I'm going to go deep Walmart. Past the socks. Past the belts and the shirts and the wallets and the... The Oklahoma City Thunder basketball team. Shirts. Where are we? Crafts? Pet care? Paper cleaning. This is what you get when you um, form a rock and roll band. You find yourself in ridiculous situations, quite alien to that which you grew up with. A Walmart in Oklahoma at 3.30 in the morning. Storage furniture. Do we need any of that for the bus? Mirrors. Vacuum cleaners. Did you know James is the official vacuum cleaner of the alarm on tour he's the one who gets the vacuum cleaner out of the bays like the you know the boot on the uh, the bus and does the vacuuming under uh, Jules's instructions Jules insists that uh, we keep the place tidy I found the camping department now we don't need a tent we don't need a oh hunting knives rifles where's Smiley Smiley loves this sort of thing there's a rack of rifles here with sniper sights. If you're listening to this in the United States of America, you won't think this is unusual, but as a Brit, to walk into a place where they're selling guns is terrifying, honestly. How many guns are there? Let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 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 eight. So, 68 guns on display. I'm kidding. Wow. Knives. An 18-inch machete. Non-slip plastic grip. Yeah, because when you're wielding an 18-inch machete, you want a good grip on it. Baseball bats. Baseball mitts. Baseballs. More camping stuff. More baseballs. <laughs> How many baseballs? <laughs> camping lights. Basketballs. American footballs, slightly smaller than the rugby ball. This is hilarious. Bikes. There's a rack of bikes here. I say a rack. It's three cycles tall 
and it is okay let's pace it out here we go one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen sixteen seventeen eighteen nineteen twenty forty foot of mountain bikes at 3.30 in the morning. We are the only people in here. Who comes to Walmart at 3.30 in the morning thinking, I really need a bicycle? Okay, it's an area called Celebrate. Okay, Hallmark cards. Someone's got a trolley behind me in case they want to load up with 68 guns and carry it out. Candy melts. Uh, oh, these are great. Um, they are moulds for ice cubes in the shape of cactuses. It's America. More Spider-Man stuff. Spider-Man's very popular. Batman pencil case. Where's the record department? I'm going to find the record department and see if they've got an alarm record here. That would be incredible. American flags. Pleated fans in the American colours. A rollback. I've never found, never, never seen a rollback before. It's a sort of cushion with arms for twelve eighty-eight. Garbage cans. I think they mean rubbish bins if you're British. The garden centre with an American flag hanging behind it. That must be as big as your garden at home if you're British. Ah, <laughs> oh, Smiley's right. This is hilarious. A charcoal grill, in case you want to do some barbecuing. We've actually got two days now to drive, I think something like 1,200 miles to get to the next gig. Racks and racks of utter nonsense. I think if I'm going to find the uh, record department, it might take me at least half an hour. Bear with me. Welcome to the Entourage podcast, which is probably... Hello there. Staff, very nice people, working at three o'clock in the morning. Carpets, we need a new carpet for setting up. Smiley's drums, Smiley has a carpet underneath his drums, as a lot of drummers do, to stop the drums from dancing around. Fishing rods, probably not going to have time to do fishing. Luggage, I love luggage. If, if you do a lot of travelling which a lot of people in rock and roll do, then luggage is very attractive. And actually, we've got um, a, a whole bunch, as they say over here, of uh, guitar stands and various bits that need a bag to carry them in. I wonder if I can find something. This is exhausting. So huge. I, I apologise if you're an American and you listen, listening to this, and you think, well, this is completely normal. But as a Brit, it's exceptional and slightly ridiculous. A cyclone fan. A rollback means the price has been rolled back. I misunderstood those cushions earlier on. When it said rollback, that wasn't the name of what they were selling. They were saying that the price has been rolled back. Entertainment. Here we go. Uh, DVDs, phone covers phone cases, landline phones, televisions, 
You never know, you might want to buy a television at 2.30 in the morning. Drones, $1,000, a whole range of drones from $1,000 to $99. Maybe we should buy a drone and film some of the alarm entourage using a drone. Backpacks, DVDs, action cameras. I know we've gone quite off topic for rock and roll, and I apologise, but one of the things that Mike asked me to do whilst recording this podcast was to give a good idea of what it's like to be the alarm on tour in America in 2019. And a big part of it, according to Smiley, is going to Walmart in the middle of the night. Dog food? <laughs> Bleach? Dog food and bleach next to each other, mops, menswear, pharmacy, toilet roll. Actually, we do need some toilet roll for the bus. I'm sorry, we've, this, this must be ridiculous. Ah, Ray, Adam, what have you found? What's that? A t-shirt, a blue t-shirt with a logo on it. No, oh, a NASA shirt with that that logo. That seven. I'm having that. I'm buying that. That's called the NASA worm. That logo is called the worm, isn't it? It's not the meatball, which is the classic NASA logo. But of course, yesterday was the anniversary of the moon landing. So uh, this stuff, very cool. I'm going to get one of those. Milk, a wall of milk. <laughs> Literally Walmart refrigerators that I could probably get inside. Where's the soya milk? They've got everything you need here. I wonder if they've got an alarm record. Almost certainly not. So I think I'll leave it there. You've been listening to the Alarm Entourage podcast. Broadcasting live from Walmart. Not live, but broadcasting from a Walmart in Oklahoma. Thank you for listening. And I'm sure the uh, next episode will get back to rock and roll. Good night or good morning, depending or good afternoon, where on the planet you're listening to this. I'm Gareth Jones. Good night.